Welcome to episode 43 of Beers in the Lot. To say this episode is a special one is a vast understatement. Our guest this episode is joining us from his deck just outside Toronto. He goes through hundreds of pairs of white gloves annually, and he's known by most as the Keeper of the Cup. That's right, we got a chance to talk to Philip Pritchard. He even joined the video call with the cup in the background. And at one point, donned some white gloves to show us a couple of things on the cup. Okay, no more of me. Let's go. Here we go. So I got to share the story of this one with you. Maybe that's how we can start off if you want. Oh, that's a good idea. Absolutely. Oh, perfect. Please. <laughs> well, this this just got launched last night in Canada, unfortunately for you guys. Uh, <laughs> so this is what you get. It says uh, Molson Canadian Stanley Cup playoffs. And you open it up. And there's a pair of white gloves here. <laughs> and then you open the case. And inside there's a silver Molson Canadian. And this beer was poured from the cup into the bottle. So you Oh, that is so good. <laughs> oh, oh so that is awesome. Promotion that just launched last night. They they got into well then we have beer stores. They just launched into beer stores today. That so, is great. <laughs> so basically, you get a chance to kiss the cup, in other words, or drink from the cup, or however you want to word it. <laughs> and the motto is, every Canadian dreams of sipping from the Stanley Cup. Now you can. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. That How on earth do we follow that? <laughs> on a hockey podcast, there's no better beer to be drank <laughs> from the cup. <laughs> well, I guess the, I guess the best way to say it is it's a good thing it didn't work last week because this wasn't launched last week. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, so there's, a good, there's a good thing to everything. Yeah, there is. <laughs> we know what Phil's drinking. Phil's drinking from the cup. Um, <laughs> I've got a good old Coors Light. Oh boy. You know, I actually went looking oh, for Molson boy. Canadian, you know, I, I almost bought some, uh, some blue lights, but just didn't quite seem right with the Molson stuff going on. I, we'd seen the commercial. So <laughs> yeah, we saw you working. We at saw the you working. There. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. I was, I was all over that. Yeah. Yeah. So Ron McLean launched it last night during the first intermission. So awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, Danny, what do you got tonight? Uh, I got a uh, mast land or mast landing brewing company on a mountain in the clouds from New England when I was up there. Oh. Uh, what are you drinking, John? Well, let me hear Rigsby's first. Oh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, hey, Riggs, <laughs> what do you got? From uh, Crooked Crab in Odenton, Maryland, I have. Pillsbow Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> Since John loves Lord of the Rings so much. No. I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan. Well, I at least can rebuttal because you brought a Lord of the Rings beer on. I'm going to have a temper tantrum from Red Shedman uh, Farmhouse Brewery. It's a pink lemonade edition summer sour. I actually have gotten a little bit into the sours recently. I know we talked about that. So good for summer. 
really light. Well, all of our beers can fit in the top of this cup, no problem. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're on our way. Yeah, we're on our way. <laughs> so, so right out of the gate, I think we need to ask, is this a sting operation to get to John? Because on, <laughs> on social media, he posted a picture. Well, John, you tell it. Tell the story, John. So, so my profile picture is me. I don't know if it's actually for the Twitter or Instagram, one of the two. It's me actually kissing the Calder Cup um, okay. from a few years ago during the last work stoppage. Hoisting. And Hoisting kissing. and kissing the yeah. Calder Cup. <laughs> Hoisting, yes. <laughs> like a member of the organization. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we have. Having not won it. <laughs> yeah. So we're very. Yeah, had no affiliation with either organization. <laughs> so we were down at. Uh, the Caps Arena, and they were hosting an exhibition because of the NHL work stoppage. It was Norfolk and Hershey. So Norfolk recently won it. It was there on display, and Hershey had won it in the seasons previous. So I saw it when I walked in and was like, man, that's really cool. And they had a few attendants, and that was kind of it. Kind of went by, snapped a few photos. That was it. And I kind of joked to the buddy next to me. I was like, man, I'm going to pick that thing up, like jokingly. Well, we went by in like the second intermission, kind of when everything shut down, we had to go to the bathroom, buy our last provisions, you know, before they sh shut down the concessions. And lo and behold, no one was around the Calder Cup and there was not a soul in sight. So I just said, it was like, hey, can you take a picture really quick? He's like, no, you're not going to. And before I was finished that sentence, I had it in my hand and I hoisted it twice and <laughs> smooched it and then put it down very carefully. No notice. But the best part is I've showed that picture to people and they're like oh did you work for like hershey or norfolk like when were you on a team like never like you guys are insane so i have yeah I, aaron has jokes and saying like there's gonna be a sting operation to make sure i get reprimanded or fined because somebody I was, in charge of the calder yeah. is gonna come get you and they had the they had the butterfield trophy there too but that was on a right. separate table like a little further down but the calder cup i mean yeah. If there was ever a moment to kind of steal a picture with a trophy and <laughs> unguarded, that was it. You found so, it. So basically the moral <laughs> of the story is I shouldn't leave the cup by myself when I'm near you. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Because <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, as a as a uh undrafted uh, beer league player who will never probably work with an organization <laughs> or play. There's a strong chance I'm going to kiss that trophy. Okay, so, but definitely. <laughs> so, so last question for you: the provisions you were buying—they were in liquid form, I'm guessing. Yes, sir. That is correct. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. I did get a pretzel. I did get a pretzel. <laughs> I was a little hungry. Oh, <laughs> uh, we figured that it kind of tied into. Uh, well, I'm sure you get questions for this all the time. Like, oh, can I pick it up? Can I kiss it? And I I'm pretty sure you have a canned answer by now, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I it It's funny you say that one, because a lot of times my answer is sure once you win it. And then that, right. then all of a sudden there's a stop and they go, oh, OK, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but in a lot of cases... You know, guys want to question it and that. And, and then you start explaining, well, you know what? Ray Bork played for 23 years and he only got to pick it up once. And yes. And you start right. listing out stats like that. And then you really see, and hockey fans really get it. They get the, 
they get the tradition, they get the superstitions, they get the auras, they get all of that stuff. And I, I think that's really what separates hockey fans from other fans. And I, I'm not dissing any other sport. I just, hockey fans love that tradition and that honor and all of that kind of stuff that hockey seems to have. Like, you look here, every name that's ever won it is on there. It's nothing against the Super Bowl, but it's a new one every year. Or the World Series is a new one every year. And the yeah. cup, Cup's 129 years old. And cup people from around the world put skates on and pick up a stick and, and want to win it. And it's, I, I guess, the best way to put it. If if it could talk, it'd be a bestseller. And I, well, I wouldn't be here. You'd be guys be talking it instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be drinking my beer elsewhere, somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but, Phil, you kind of mentioned a good point where it's 129 years old. It's very respected amongst all the professional sports trophies, not just in North America, but across the world. And it's one of the few trophies that the players get to hoist before a lot of the owners. Not that we're taking away anything from the owners, but it is very player-oriented because their names are always on the cup. Yeah, and it, it's it's so true that way. And, and hey, we, we can compare sports all day and that, but focus on hockey here. That, and the owners know that the players are the guys on the ice. But they also know that the team is much more than the guys on the ice. It's their family and friends. And because of that, that gives them the opportunity to take it home for a day and share it with their neighbors or their their first hockey coach or their teacher that they hated but pushed them and pushed them. And now they respect them and they go and ask them, would you mind getting a photo with me? And it, it's, that kind of stuff is so emotional, so powerful when they do that. Because they're they're given back at the same time, but they also understand that they couldn't get there by themselves. There was a whole team of people that made Steve Stamkos who he is, or or whoever it might be, and they don't forget that. And that to me is is what the whole aura of the cup is. You're stealing our questions right out of our mouths. I know. We're going to ask you about that. I love. <laughs> no, I love. A well, five-minute podcast. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love the community aspect because we talk about the hockey community all the time. Like, you know, John and I both coached or, or still coach, um, you know, at the youth level. And we try to impress upon the kids that, you know, you can't show up and play unless, like, your parents bring you. Uh, if the if the coaches for both teams don't show up, if the officials don't show up, if the guy who is driving the Zamboni doesn't show up, the guy who unlocks and, and locks the rink every day doesn't show up, like you can't, you're not going to play today. And so I think that is such an important piece of the sport. And then obviously, like at the elite level with uh, the, you know, the trophy that everybody wants to um to earn uh to to hear about those community stories is is powerful yeah i mean you're, you're so right uh, and you know what you play soccer you play basketball you just show up and you're out right. there taking the ball around or throwing the ball around in hockey you need somebody to tie your skates or make sure your shin pads are on the right <laughs> order nope. you know whatever it might be tighten your helmet so the mask isn't loose you can't <laughs> do it by yourself and they they learned that exactly like you said at a young level and all these coaches and like you guys are so important to that because without that, they, they can't do it. 
and they know that going through and and then they the give back part as you, like you said is the days are it's it's unbelievable some of the stuff they do it's great i think we've we've heard of at least one or two stories where where a guy's spending his day with the cup and he he uses that time to go see one of his old coaches or something like that and say hey coach you're the one who made such a big impression on me that kept me going and I eventually got to win this thing and here it is I brought it home for you to see it and that sort of thing did I'm, I'm sure you <laughs> they probably never get old you probably have seen that a hundred times but you're right and and you're right they they don't get old they're they're so powerful uh and we will be driving in the town wherever the the player is from and he'll say my old coach lived there he he was such a whatever <laughs> but he had an impact because he knew he lived there and said well why don't you stop and knock on us he's not going to remember me why wouldn't you like you're a stanley cup yeah. champion and so he they go and knock on the door and they they bring the cup up and they're it's almost like they're embarrassed like they're they're hmm. talking so quiet hey, coach smith you remember me and the <laughs> coach is thrilled Oh yeah, <laughs> and and then the photo op happens, and then the stories start, and and if we could have tapes on all of them or a microphone, then then you hear all the stories because yeah. the player's thrilled, and the coach is even more thrilled that he remembers him and he's given back, and <laughs> all along, as you said, Riggs is as you you're teaching about community way back, and you now it's realize that it worked, and now they're giving back. That's awesome. Those are the stories you love to hear. One cool thing about the cup, it travels around to various events and it's still very community oriented. It goes to, you know, a lot of hospitals, charitable events, it, not just as a, you know, a spokesman for the sport of hockey, but it's almost like a, a really good symbol. People love seeing all throughout the world. It's great. It travels. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you you are right. And you know what? I mean, sick kids and uh all those type of hospitals cancer clinics and that they're they're unfortunate but the guys know it's important for them to go because if they can put a smile on someone's face for a day or it helps them along the way they're they're thrilled to give back but you walk into a room and the smile that gets lit up not only because you've got a stanley cup champion there but you have the stanley cup and then he's going to sign his cast or, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> it, it's, it's so special and neither one of them will forget it. And that's, what's really neat about it. The player's not going to forget it. And the, the person won't forget it. And it it's so uh, impactful. I guess the word would be that when they walk around with a cup and not only the patients, but the parents, the nurses, the doctors, the cleaners and the hot, they're all, they all become fans. And it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a great marketing tool for a great sport. I was going to say that you probably get to see more smiles than on average than, <laughs> than most, <laughs> just because you get to, you get to bring something that brings, brings smiles and joy to people and, and show it to them. That's, that's gotta be pretty, uh, pretty cool perk. Yeah, you know what is neat because a lot of people ask, "What, what guy didn't you have a good day with, or what?" And I'm thinking, <laughs> they won the Stanley Cup and they're bringing it home. And <laughs> like there's, no, there's no frowns, there's no upset people, 
but I, I think what's really amazing is they they bring it into City Hall or wherever it might be, the, the baseball diamond if they're a mm. country guy or whatever, and people line up for hours, and nobody's sad. They're thrilled. Right. They're telling stories, they're remembering things, and they might be in line two hours, and they get to the front, they get to talk to the guy, get a photo, and they're just, it's made their day. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but lineups suck, really, but... I'll tell you what, when you, when you joined uh, the, the call here and turned on your video, it sure made me smile. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we should add video yeah. recording for that yeah. just to get the reaction. <laughs> <laughs> All, all those interactions are positive, right? And I, I, I think about like when a team finally wins it, right? Whatever game it is in the final, and you know you walk it out, white gloves, and the whole thing. You put it on the table, and then uh, you know you guys kind of hurry off, and then uh, Mister Bettman walks out, and <laughs> usually he gets the old. Uh, <laughs> the <old> treatment <laughs> when, he, when he walks out uh but then after that it's just euphoria right uh, in those buildings and it's probably insane at that point um with everything that's going on and and the guys passing the cup around and and all that um but i wanted to go back to you know like when when did you start uh you know, handling the cup or managing it and traveling around with it, you know, what, what year did that start for you? And, and what was your first like cup presentation? Well, I, uh, I started at the hall of fame actually in 1988 and my first week on the job. So I'm year 33. Now my first week on the job, I had to take the cup an hour North of Toronto. And it was funny. Our staff at the time at the hockey hall of fame, we had a small staff and about eight people and our boss had said it was a Wednesday and I've been there three days and the new kid on the block, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> our boss says on Friday night, the cup's got to go up to Newmarket. Does anyone want to take it? And no one says anything. And I'm thinking, what, what's happening here? Like, why isn't anyone saying? Yeah. So I did exactly that. <laughs> I said, Mr. Morrison, uh, I'll go. And, and I don't know if the other guys were going to bars to hopefully pick up chicks. I, I have not a clue. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. And then Jeff Denemy, one of them, my coworkers, said, I'll go with you, Phil. So here I am five days into my job, and I've got the Stanley Cup in the back of my Toyota Celica, and I'm driving north <laughs> on a Friday night. From <laughs> and I'm thinking, holy crap. I mean, I've played hockey my whole life. I, w I wanted to win the thing. Now I've got it in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's changed a lot since 1988. And I, I guess I don't have to put my hand up anymore. It just becomes part of my deal. But it, it's, like you said, it, it's, it's influenced so many people in that. Uh, but 1990... The Edmonton-Boston series was the first time that I did a Stanley Cup final. Mm. And nice. prior to 94, it was all done. The TVs would go to, after the game was over, the TVs would go to commercial, and we'd push the cup out to center ice or 
wherever it was going to be presented, and John Ziegler was the president at the time. Right. He would do his thing. It would come back to the, to I think it was Sports Channel at Hockey Night in Canada at the time, and then they'd do the presentation. And then when Commissioner Bettman started in '93, we had all these conference calls on how do we make this presentation part of the show because it, it is. Right. The show. I mean, that's why they're playing. Yeah. And he couldn't he couldn't fathom why they the TVs would go to a commercial. So then. So we got to 94, uh, Gary Bettman's office and his special events and myself and Scott North, the other guy that walked the cup out with me, we knew what was going to happen, but nobody else did. <laughs> and all the TV stations were told, do not go to a commercial after the game, stay on the rink. And so the red carpet comes out and still people don't know what happens. And then uh, the NHL PR guy, does a voiceover on the, in the Madison Square Gardens. It says, ladies and gentlemen, the Stanley Cup, and, and we walk it out. Oh, and man. I, I thought Madison Square Gardens was going to fall down that. Like, we were yeah. on fifth, what are you, on the fourth floor or fifth floor there? Yeah, I, I right. The whole thing yeah. just collapsed. <laughs> I just and got I chills. Remember, <laughs> I, it was so cool then. And I remember afterwards walking back into, uh, back towards the Rangers' dressing room, and Ron McLean and Don Cherry were down there, and Ron pulled me aside, and he said, that was unbelievable. He said, we had no idea what was going to happen. And he and he just, he said, it's tradition just started right there. Yeah. And it it's kind of, obviously, through social media and everything, it's grown and grown, but that red carpet, white glove treatment, and white gloves every museum in the world do it. If you go to the Smithsonian, every one of their curators has a pair of white gloves. <laughs> yeah. Great. We, yeah. We had explained to Commissioner Bettman, why don't we wear our white gloves when we walk it out? And what do you mean you white gloves? Well, you know, at museums <laughs> you wear white gloves. And we just bring them we bring them from behind scene to in front of the scene. Yeah. And he agreed and said, well do match and ties and jackets and, <laughs> and it yes. right from there. And it was it was so cool to be part of that and that was on game seven too. And I mean, yeah. there was no better script then. It was Canada oh, versus God, US, yeah. Yeah. Pacific versus Atlantic, East versus, I mean, everything. Messier said they the, win. Yeah, yeah, the guarantee. <laughs> I mean, holy. Yeah. Beret, Richter. So oh, you can go I gotta, on. I got to jump in ages. here. I got to jump in here. Oh, so, here he goes. Here he goes. <laughs> here I go. Here I go. So I was, I was about 10, 10 or 11 years old at the time. And I didn't really have much exposure to hockey at all at that point. My dad's from Buffalo, New York, and he just turned on the playoffs. Uh, it was the, I think I started up watching the Rangers in the Islanders when they played the Islanders and, and just wall up the Islanders and then walked on through uh, <clears throat> for the rest of the playoffs. And my first experience seeing the Stanley Cup being presented was in 94. And like you said, uh, they said they said the tradition started right there. It absolutely did for me, uh, and then for the rest of the sport, of course. But that was my first ever time seeing the Stanley Cup being presented, and it was so amazing. I was instantly hooked. I mean, that was the best possible first experience seeing the cup. I think, and I did a little bit of research for uh, for when you came on. I watched some of the Stanley Cup presentations from about like eighty five on, 
And there's a couple of times before 94 where they just push him out on like a food cart with some, yeah. <laughs> some like drapes <laughs> over it. And, <laughs> and you can tell it's like, yeah, just like you said, they just came back from commercial. And then, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can remember when uh, Pittsburgh won back to back there, 91 <laughs> and 92. And we, it basically, it's, it was a table and we just pushed it across the ice <laughs> and, on it. and then the NHL security would say, well, back away because Mr. Ziegler's coming out. So I'd be on the ice there and Mario Lemieux would skate by with a cup over his head. And, but there was no, it was different. No fanfare. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it, obviously there was fanfare in that and the, oh, the yeah. TV stations covered it a bit differently, but once it became the red carpet treatment, if, and there might be a better term than that, but red carpet treatment and everyone kind of gets the idea. It's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it really took off from there. And now when a home team wins or a visiting team wins, the, the walk on the carpet might be longer. It might be shorter depending on how it is, <laughs> but boy, is it, is it exciting to do all I'm thinking is I don't want to be a YouTube moment. And <laughs> <trip Aww. right. laughs> I will say I watched every presentation and it, you guys pull it off perfect flawlessly every time. Well, <laughs> I'd rather win it. I can tell you that, but <laughs> I'm like you with a call to come. It ain't going to happen. So yeah. <laughs> 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 so phil i'm kind of curious especially since 94 to now there's a lot of stuff that changed in the world between internet youtube social media so i'm sure there was some tomfoolery back in 94 with a cop that you don't see or you see more of today i should say you know i'm talking about like the capitals you see yeah. some of the ex you know uh who is the penguin Olimata was passed out after his cup parade, stuff like that. Was there, was there ever a moment <laughs> in time, like something small where you were either happy, someone took a photo of it for future use or in recent times where you're really happy that that was captured, whether it was joy or something special. Well, I, uh, I mean, we'll use the Washington victory first. The emotion that Alex Ovechkin did after they won, when he grabbed the cup from Commissioner Bettman, it was, to me, that was probably the number one excitement I've ever seen a hockey player. Number two might have been Mark Messier in 94. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they, they just released everything they had. <laughs> but I think Alex, because of when it was and social media was huge, it really showed the world that these guys are actually human and they they go all out to win this thing and not yeah. saying anything against anyone out because they're all excited i mean <laughs> when crosby did it and jonathan taves and you know dustin brown and, and everyone did it they're they're all excited as well but it's like alex took it to another level <laughs> and and getting to know him he is such a historian and of the game and loves the game so much. And he, we, he came for a tour through the hall of fame before, and he, we were showing him old sticks and he had this stick of rocket Richards and he, he wanted to take it and put it in his house and part of his, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, loved yeah. he loved everything about it. He just, <laughs> and that's, 
that's what you like to see because I think a lot of people forget sometimes that, yeah, they're athletes and they're at the top of the level of athletes, but they're also humans and they, they're playing for a goal that they've dreamt about their whole life. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's really neat to see. So that, that's a great one. And I, I, if there was a chance and I could get a photo of each guy when we show up at their house and they're, they're ready for it, but they're, it's when they open the door and we're standing there with a cup and then you see that excitement, they know where they know we're coming. They know the time we're coming, everything, but it's still so much excitement they have because now they're sharing it with their family and friends. They're sharing it with the people that mean the most to them. Yeah. And that, that takes it to another level. You know, before you come over, they're like looking out their blinds every 10 minutes, and <laughs> looking out every single window, and then they hear the doorbell ring, and they probably go hide for a second. They're like, I, I got to play it cool. Yeah, got to play it cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to answer your question, I, I, the one I would love to get every time is when we show up and they see it for the first time, whether we're holding it. Or it's in the back of the van, and they open the case with their mom and dad around. It's it's pretty cool. I guess it's a little more personal, then, right? It's like, oh, he's bringing the cup to me, not yeah, just exactly. It is, and it, and <laughs> That's it's awesome. Day. And it does. It's it doesn't matter if it's the fifteenth time being in Duluth, Minnesota, or wherever we are. It's his time, and what he does is different than the other guy that did it there, or wherever we might be. And that's what makes every day so special and so unique. So you mentioned uh, Ovi, you know, checking out. There's like a stick vault, right? At the resource yeah. center. Yeah. Um, so I know like Ovechkin basically collects a ton of memorabilia and he has all of his own stuff. Uh, are you trying to get your hands on any of that? <laughs> you know what? He's, he's actually been great with us. We've got a lot from him over the years. Uh, not only from the Capitals, but we have Olympic stuff from him. We have World Championship stuff from him. Nice. We have uh, World Junior Under 20 stuff from him. Wow. So we do have a lot. And and like I said, but he, he gets the whole thing. He, yeah. he appreciates the history of the game. Uh, when we went back to Moscow, we went into his old bedroom, and he has hockey posters up on the – like he, he is a true hockey – fan that's a true hockey player right yeah and and that's pretty special but more than that he's just a he's a great guy and he 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 just gets the whole thing he gets the thing about being a captain and everything for some reason i have no problem picturing ovi as like a six-year-old in his driveway going ah, ah, i want a cup ah, scored the goal you know, like no problem picturing him like that <laughs> <laughs> So I have a question for you, Phil. So I know in other duties besides being the keeper of the cup, you're also a curator at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Could you dig a little more into that? Yeah, I, I mean, I I guess in essence, the curatorial part of my job is, is the main focus, looking after all the artifacts, with obviously this one being one of the main ones. There is. So, <laughs> so that kind of goes hand in hand, but... I mean, we have probably 80,000 artifacts on the game of hockey. Hockey history is happening all the time. Uh, yeah. 
just for example, on Saturday in the Ontario Hockey League draft, they had their first female drafted ever. Yeah. That's and, exciting. Yeah, and it, it's really going to elevate not only the female game, but the town that she came from as well, because they merge girls and boys hockey back in, in Algon Middlesex. And and she excelled at it. So people are going to realize, hey, I can I can do this. And and that's, I think, what role models are about. So that's hockey history happening. And nobody was even ready ready for that. And it's happening all the time. So things like that, to me, are the are the things that really makes the story for the hockey hall of fame. And sure, we can put a stick on display of some guy scoring his fiftieth goal, but it's the firsts and the. The moments that are are neat that make this game what it is because i i really think the game of hockey has a great personality because of everything that's attached to it because you can't do it by yourself it's not an individual sport we need the team so uh you mentioned earlier that you've played hockey all your life uh do you you play now do you, you, have, you like in a local league or anything like that i do yeah i mean it's been been on hold since last march i guess right uh, <laughs> So I haven't skated since, since March 2020. So well, I don't know if I can say I play right now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have the beers in the lot. We have the beers in the dressing room, I guess. So I, I guess I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> and, and, I, and in, all kidding aside, it's, it's one of the great things about old-timers hockey, I guess, is and Sidney Crosby told me once, he said, hey, Phil, everyone plays old-timers. I'm playing it one day. He goes, we just might. Right. He says, that's we, right. just, we <laughs> might be in different levels, that's all, but I'm playing it. Yeah, that's we say it all the time. Everybody ends yeah. up in beer league, man. Yeah. <laughs> Eric and I made that. Eric and I made that joke when we did like our first big parent meeting together for AU. We just said, in 10, 15, 20 years, if your kids are showing up to the rink a hair later than us, because they have the later time slot, we did our job. And that's that's what we want to do, as long yeah. as they're playing. <laughs> exactly, because that's what it's all about. And, hey, we all know that winning is great and scoring a goal, but afterwards, the people you meet and the beers you spend time the drinking with, it's, that's, that's right. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Yep. So let me pose to you guys for a second. You win the cup, what happens? What's your day? Virginia, where are you going in West Virginia with the Stanley Cup? All right. Yeah. Danny, where are you going? Have you ever taken the cup to West Virginia? I know. We've been to a wheeling game with it. Uh, (laughs) The only only time. Probably take it to the local rinks. Maybe show it to just. All my hockey friends, pretty much. That's about it. Probably have a party with it, smoke some meat. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, smoked meat win the Stanley Cup. How, how do you beat that? That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that, it, it's funny because um, in the one league that we play in, we've had like two <laughs> versions of imitation Stanley Cups. <laughs> yeah, for our championship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excuse me. And, and we, we actually had, at one point, there were a couple seasons where we had, like, a tradition of everybody got the cup for <laughs> a couple days or a week or however long it took to get it to the next person. And there, I don't know if we could tell stories on here, but 
there were some stories of people like taking the fake plastic Stanley cup to various establishments around the area. And I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) If the trophies could only talk. Right. Yeah, that's right. And And unfortunately the one we have, it looks really rough. Like really rough. <laughs> you don't want to drink anything out of that. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Of that, a lot of that plastic. It's not taken care of nearly as well as the real one. Yeah. Well, I know a guy. He might be able to help you. <laughs> totally blindsided by the. What would you do with the cup question? I know. Man? I, know I know. Right. Put me on the spot there. I know. <laughs> But we've been to 20, 29 countries with it around the world now. Wow. And, awesome. And every one of them is unique and and everything about it. But when you you sit with the guy in the dressing room and because we ask, what what's your plans? And it's like, wow. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh-huh. it's the same thing every time. It doesn't matter what who it is, non-player player. It's like. First of all, I get it at home. I'm what, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Just, guess I'm going to eat some stuff out of it. I don't know. Invite some people over. <laughs> I think my favorite one is still Phil Castle with the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, quick, quick Phil Castle story. So, when he was in Toronto, so he came from Boston. And if you remember, he had cancer in Boston, and he, he yeah. overcame it, and they got traded to, to Toronto and, and played well in Toronto. But then he goes to Pittsburgh. First year, he wins. So <laughs> I talked to him about it. Uh, you know, what's his plans? He said, well, we're going back to Wisconsin. My family's from there. And there's a street called Kessel Court, which his family owns the <laughs> – the place is on the court and everything. So we go there and he said, we've got a, a special plan we're going to do here. We've got a plane rented and we're going to Toronto. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking, well, there goes our plans of travel because <laughs> we didn't know that. <laughs> Anyways, we, we fly, he, he charters a plane and we go from Wisconsin to Toronto and that's late in the afternoon, evening. So we arrive there late. The next morning, we go to Sick Kids Hospital. And we're there six hours. And he told me, he said, I told these kids who I used to come and see all the time, if I ever win the cup, I'm spending my day with them. And he said, I, I never thought I would win it elsewhere other than Toronto, but I promised them, and that's what I'm doing. So nobody knew about it. The Penguins PR people had no idea. Mm. he stopped at a store and bought blank pucks because he didn't want he didn't want media to come media to come around he wanted to do this he printed off his own photos and brought them with him his mom brought them and every kid there he he spent it, it was unbelievable there was no media at all and that's wow what he that's, that's amazing so cool yeah wow. it was it was great and then then the second time he wins it, we were on the golf course with the hot dogs. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a hockey card, too, I think, yeah. wasn't it, or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think the best part about that whole story with the hot dogs is that was just some reporter 
essentially joking about what Phil Kessel does in a day, <laughs> and he took it and did an ultimate troll job with it, which yeah. is so oh, spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect repulse. Kessel because, yep. <laughs> I mean, here's a guy that's a natural as na- athlete as you can get. He just, yeah. he's just good. <laughs> so I have a question. Did Amanda touch the cup when, when it was there? Because, uh, you know, they... they, they she, they just drafted a female goaltender in the OHL. She's got a chance. That's yeah. all I'm saying, right? Uh, and she is the she is the better Kessel. So. She's the better yeah. Kessel anyway. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm trying to think now. That's a great question because I know Blake, his brother, who played in the NHL for a while. Yeah. He touched it. He touched it, and I, I'm sure Amanda must have touched it. They got family photos. Yeah. They yeah. all came to Toronto. Hmm. I, I'm sure we must have a photo of her beside it. <laughs> <laughs> a great hockey player. Great, great person, too. I mean, the whole family is unbelievable. Yeah. So, so out of all the places you've taken the cup, has there ever been a place that you've taken it where you're like, man, I can't wait th- till until this is over? Like, have you carried it up a mountain or anything? Like, <laughs> like you <laughs> lug that thing? I, we have been up mountains. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you think you're in good shape until you start mountain climbing, and then you realize you're not. Uh, <laughs> Especially with 35 pounds of cup on your back. <laughs> yeah. well, I, you know what? I, usually if we're with a player and we're going up a mountain or something like that, and I'll, I'll give you an example, actually. Uh, Cristobal Huey, the Chicago Blackhawk goalie yeah. in 2010. From, yeah. He's from France. And I remember sitting in the dressing room and all the media around him – and, you know, it's a huge moment. The first French player to win the Stanley Cup is he going to take it back to France. And they were all asking him, is he going to the Eiffel Tower with it? And he was he was explaining to them, you know, it's it's a long way from my house. I live on the other side where the French Alps are. Right. He goes, it's like being in Chicago and going to L.A. for the day. Like, it's, it's far. Right. Yeah. So... I'm talking to him and, you know, we're, we're doing the European tour and he explains to us, you're best to fly into Switzerland and then we'll drive down into the French Alps through the Swiss Alps to his town. So we do his day. He doesn't know that his wife has chartered a plane. So we get to go to the Eiffel Tower. So his whole, oh. his whole party got to go. We left his town in the French Alps and went to Paris and she arranged for us to get there early enough before it opened so we could all go up. So that day, unfortunately, the elevators weren't working and we're we're walking up the stairs and he turns back at one time. There was myself and Walt and he says, Walt, you want to carry the cup? And Walt says, Cristobal, I never won the cup. Why would I care? (laughs) 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 I mean, it was great for his wife to, I mean, obviously, if Frenchmen, everyone thinks of Paris and the Eiffel Tower. So so we got to take the Stanley Cup up the Eiffel Tower, which was pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> that is cool. So I'm, I'm kind of glad Danny brought that up to some extent. So you said you've been to 29 countries with a cup. Yeah. Is there any places you would like to see it go in the near future, or is there anything planned? Well, here's uh, we have never been below the equator, actually. Oh. So 
I know that hockey's played in over 90 countries around the world, and we've never been below the equator yet. Uh, Washington had Nathan Walker a couple years ago from Australia. Australia, yeah. Yep. He was on the taxi squad, so yeah. we couldn't make it work. But hmm. Australia's got a great league and a great minor hockey system. It, it'd be so good for that. And I think a lot of those countries that we haven't had a chance to take it to, it would just help their hockey just one step further and and evolve on that. So I'm sure we'll we get it down there one day. Uh, South Africa's got a great league. New Zealand. Yeah. There's a lot of those countries that have hockey going on, and they just need that extra boost. And if, if it takes the cup to get there and help it along the way, I, I think – I mean that's what that's what the International Ice Hockey Federation, the NHL, and all the leagues they want to see hockey grow. And that's we need all these countries to grow. Yeah, we we, we got the opportunity a couple of years ago to take it to China. Uh, the Bruins were playing the Islanders in the China Games, the first time they were playing in <laughs> China, and so I took the cup over there. We visited uh, Beijing. We went to Hong Kong, and then we took it on the Great Wall of China. <laughs> and it was so surreal to be on that wall and to think that here we are hockey of all things and, and it's played in China and there's leagues booming that that <laughs> were there and there probably one day there would be a a Chinese born player that wins the cup and brings it home. And that that really shows how well the game has grown. Yeah. Phil, I have a random question for you. What is it like working with Lanny McDonald? Well, I mean, Lanny, first of all, if Lanny was here right now, he'd be drinking beers with you because he owns a brewery in uh, Montana, a small brewery in Montana. Uh, so oh. he's a he's a big IPA guy. Oh, uh, Johnny, Johnny's oh favorite my. player of all time. Yeah, so of all he's, time. he's into all of those beers as well. But yeah. I mean, Lanny himself was, I mean, obviously a great player. He was uh, involved in management in the Calgary Flames and with Team Canada. So he's so, so highly respected. But I, I think the great thing about Lanny is he's a better person than he is a hockey player. And that's, right. that's what makes it great because he, he just appreciates everything about what everyone can bring to the table. And he's the true team guy. Hey, you don't happen to have any uh, contact info for Lanny, do you? <laughs> that, I would, I would definitely have a heart attack for that. So I actually, for the NHL Hall of Fame or Hockey Hall of Fame relief auction that you guys yeah. did recently, I actually bought uh, one of the Lanny um, line cards, uh, career what line cards. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I actually, uh, believe it or not, I actually have it right here. Believe it or not, so. I took it down because I was curious. Whose signature's on that certificate of authenticity? Wasn't uh, Mr. Phil Pritchard. Yeah. So yeah. I was But um, <laughs> they, they did. They did a round. Like I want to say back maybe in February or January, and I got outbid at the last second. I was at a work event, and then I I set it high enough. I I went away, and then I got an email like, "Sorry, you didn't win. You didn't win." And I was devastated for like a good two or three days and then i got like a random email uh hey we're doing round two for the lanny stuff i was like i'm not getting outbid this time so i have i have lanny's book i 
<laughs> for some reason, I just gravitated to him as a young child. It may have been the mustache and just the joy he had. Big lady and guy. Like, and he was actually he like was the mustache. growing up because I was a big Pens guy too. Like I remember them talking finally about Mario and Messier and all those guys winning the cup. But like Lanny was the first one, at least in my mind, that I remember hearing obviously secondhand because of my age. But a lot of people in the hockey world were pulling for him to win that cup in Calgary that year. Oh, yeah. out, out of all the people, that was one of the first ones. And then the second one of my generation technically would be Messier, Bork, and then obviously Ovechkin recently, which is kind of right. cool. So, well, you, you know, the great thing about Lanny is, I mean, his middle name is King. He's named after yeah. King Clancy. Wow. Like his yeah. parents knew that he was born to be in hockey somehow. And that's, I mean, when the stuff like that happens, then... Then you know I'd be the cloud. The stars are all aligned for you. Then and it's. <laughs> I got another quick one for you. Uh, I mean, you're real quick, real quick. Uh, I got a quick you... one for him. <laughs> all right. Well, after me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you you are the historian, the authority on the cup. What of the many iterations of the cup over the years? What do you think is the most interesting version of the cup, if you will. You know, you had the original, like just the bowl, and then you get a couple of rings, and then you get the the stovepipe one, and and then the current uh, currents. Which what what one do you think is the most interesting? To to me, uh, not only the most interesting, but the most important. When they took it from the first time from here to bring it to here, I think when they did that, the first two or three rings there. Yeah, the first three rings that they added, because right here, I know you can't read this, but this is where the first team that ever won its name's engraved in it. So they're not up here, because when they first got it, they never engraved the names on it. It wasn't until 1907, the Montreal Wanderers engraved their names on the cup. So the first cup winners were 1893, and... Inside here, I don't know. You're not going to be able to see this at all, probably. But right inside, it says Montreal Wanderers defeated Kenora in 1907. They were the first guys to actually engrave their names on the cup. Yeah. Which which was a huge milestone, except if you were the 1906 team and you weren't on it yet. (laughs) (laughs) They wanted to be on it. And so did 1905, 04, 03, 02. And all of a sudden, they had no room left, and they still don't have the first team on it. So, Hmm. however the silversmith decided to make it there, I think that started the evolution of it beginning to grow. Uh, Obviously, Lord Stanley wasn't around then. I mean, that had passed on to the trustees, and the Hmm. trustees with the silversmith determined that. But to me, that was the, I think, the most significant thing and the most interesting to me is that the first team to ever win it is down here. Hmm. That is cool. But I got to invite, invite you all to the Hall of Fame and see it up close. Or... Absolutely. Oh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been once, and we, right. we, only, we only spent a day there. I could have spent three days there. I mean, I, it was, we kind of, we were with another family, and we kind of were doing a Toronto thing. So we, we did a Blue Jays game one day, the Hall one day, went out to the zoo one day, like different stuff. Um, you got to spend a day for each of the cups, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't realize there's three of them. <laughs> we, have an, we have an offsite archives now, mm. which is located where the Leafs practice at. Right. 
So the Leafs have a practice facility. Uh, the Marlies practice there. Hockey Canada practice there. And our archives are there. And NHL alumni offices are there. So it's a big hockey central place outside of Toronto. Right. But we, we have 18,000 square feet of artifacts that are not on display. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. wow. To me, to me the, the tour is one thing of the museum. But right. to go behind the scenes, and that's where I was talking about Alex Ovechkin earlier, that he yeah, yeah. held the Rocket Richard stick. And that, that's, to me, for the, the hockey fanatics, that's that's the tour. Yeah. Just, you get to hold or see that stuff. The sticks are always really interesting to me. Like, all the equipment is. Uh, one, because, you know, I still skate, so I still like equipment. But two, like, the the technological advances over the years... I mean, from basically, you know, taking trees out of the ground and that were curved a certain way because they were on the side of a hill, you know, and cutting those into sticks to what we have now with all this composite stuff, you know, that, that advancement and, and innovation over the years is really, really interesting, uh, for, for me as someone who does a little bit of, you know, engineering. Um, so it, you know, yeah, if I got to see like that you know, stick rack or, or whatever it is, I, I would probably spend four days there. <laughs> well, it's amazing you said that because the evolution of hockey equipment is probably like no other sports in the world. Right. I mean, I yeah, you can look at the evolution of the runner for or the sneaker and basketball or whatever, how it's evolved over the years, but the skate, the gloves, the 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 shoulder padding, the the goalie mask, I mean how they've evolved to make it even more protective, but even lighter, so protect the person as well, right? Is is unbelievable, and and I don't know how far it can go to. <laughs> so y'all have an Ooh. invite to the hall. Oh, we'll, uh, we're in. <laughs> Danny, did you have something? Did you have one thing you wanted to? Oh yeah, I I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, were you the one to fish the uh, cup out of Mario's pool? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a funny thing. So if they've won it five times. And as Mario tells me, uh, tradition's tradition. It went in once. It's got to go in every time. So, <laughs> they've won. It's gone. It's gone in Mario's pool four times. The last time the the uh, Penguins won, Mario's backyard was under construction, so they had the party at Sid's house. Oh, <laughs> oh no. That's well, what that's it is. That's why they didn't go back to back to back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but, but Mario says it's tradition. It's got to go in. And... <laughs> that's awesome. And you know, in hockey, you can't mess with tradition. You that's right. Oh, you can't. All the time. No, you can't. What do you think, Aaron? I think we got we got plenty of uh, great stuff here. We don't want to keep you keep you held up for too long, Phil. This has been this has been fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll share the last. I'll share the last comment with you. Seeing as we were talking about beers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just over two hundred ounces of beer fit on the top of this cup. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot of beer. That's quite a lot of booze. Yeah, so you figured out the uh, night in the lot, right? If you're drinking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're drinking twelve ounce cans. There, you can figure it out. <laughs> 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 or you can look at it another way it's the world's biggest shot glass yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well Phil this has been amazing this has been so cool to get to chat with you 
Thank you so much for coming on to talk to us. Uh, we are absolutely going to take you up on that invite to the hall uh, as soon Perfect. as possible. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, we, uh, we got a little issue with our borders closed right now, but we can figure right. that out soon. And, and, we, <laughs> and we may try to come, like, not in the summer, if you know what I mean. Maybe, like, after that. So I think you're busy. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, maybe we'll see you along the way. We might be driving. Yeah, maybe. Or West Virginia <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, right. come on out to West Virginia. Thanks for having me. And if you get a chance, try and buy that beer. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> and I'll, I'll be surprised when you knock on my door. <laughs> We just got to remember, I can't leave the cup alone because we know what happens if I do that. <laughs> we know what happens with Johnny. Yeah. yeah. I promise I won't do it this time. I promise. I won't invite him. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad it worked out. Sorry about last week. It didn't connect, but we figured it out. Yeah. Oh, no worries. Yes, Thank so. you, Phil. Uh, no worries. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. Well, Phil said it earlier in the episode. If only this trophy could talk, right? I think Phil is this trophy's mouthpiece, and I could listen to those stories for hours. So a huge thank you to Phil for spending one of those hours with us. Phil, you probably hear this all the time, but this was truly memorable and an experience we will never forget. Thank you again. And thank you for listening. If you're up in parts north... Try and get your hands on some cup-kissed Molson Canadian. And hey, maybe send uh, four cases down to some Americans. Yeah, maybe. All right, that's a bit much of a request. But I will request that you join us on Discord and tell us what you thought of this episode. Join in the conversation. We're talking hockey, playoffs, all day, every day. Jump on in. Beersinalot.com slash Discord. And hey, don't break any international laws trying to support this podcast. You can just go over to Patreon, beersinthelot.com slash Patreon. You support us, we'll kick something back to you like a koozie or a pint glass. I bet you that limited edition Molson would taste really good coming out of one of those pint glasses. Just saying. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time.